You're listening to a podcast from City Tribe Media. We're an urban tribe who helps people who feel far from God to know Jesus, cultivate freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We're also a diverse tribe who welcomes everyone from bikers to bankers, PhDs to GEDs, every age, race, and walk of life. So whether you're a longtime Christ follower or a spiritual investigator, we hope you're encouraged through our content. Enjoy today's teaching. <laughs> Oh, you people are a mess. All right. Well, man, it's good to be with you guys today. And in case you're coming in new with us, we've been in this series of teachings about spiritual warfare. A lot of us are really opening our eyes to the reality of the spiritual realm and what's taking place in the invisible types of battles and wars that are going on. And we've seen this in a lot of different facets of our society. We even see it in sports. And no matter what you think of him as a coach, I like Coach Deion Sanders. Look what he says. Jesus, I had to say that to make the demons tremble and haters agitated. Jesus is my Lord and Savior, so get used to me proclaiming his name daily. And look, in the spiritual battles, the demons don't care if you say you believe in God. They, they believe that too and tremble when they hear his name. Uh, the demons don't care if you say you're spiritual, but not religious. The demons don't care if you say, you know, that, that, that you're a church-going person and all that. But the moment you say, I'm connected to Jesus, that's when the demons have a problem with you. That's why we put on our wall the first step in our process here is we want people to know Jesus. That's why we put it on our wall there because it's a big part of our process here at City Tribe church. And a lot of us are daily proclaiming our allegiance to Jesus through a spiritual warfare prayer. We'll put the QR code up there. If you want to hit that with your phone, you can read it out loud every day. There's also an audio version in case you'd like to listen to the prayer on your morning commute and just agree with it. But today we're going to talk about ties. All of us are tied to someone. Um, I used to rock climb when I was a younger, more agile man, and I thank God that I had myself tied to someone else who was belaying for me when I was trying to climb the face of a cliff. And there were many times where I didn't hit a hold right, and I would fall, and someone would catch me and hold me up. I thank the Lord that I was tied to someone. Um, but how many of you know there are also people that we get tied to relationally in our lives? We get what we call a soul tie to that they drag us down. Can you imagine trying to make that climb tied to a center block, trying to climb up the face of a cliff? And look, here's what the demons know, that if they can get you tied to the wrong person, it'll hold you down. And that's what they want. They want to keep you down. They also know that if you get tied to the right people who will support you and pull you up and lift you up, they don't want that to happen. Um, so today, we're going to learn about these soul ties. So with all this in mind, uh, stand with me now for the reading of God's word. And we're going to see this in the scriptures in 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse 1. As soon as he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit or tied to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. 
Now look at the next passage, which is going to be Colossians chapter 2, verse 2. Paul prays, and that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit or tied together in love to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ. Now one more in Matthew chapter 22, verse 37, which says, and he said unto them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And so with these passages in mind, I want to submit these three options for us as it pertains to our soul ties. Celebrate, strengthen, or sever your soul ties. You either celebrate, strengthen, or sever your soul ties. So before you sit down, why don't you tell someone next to you, celebrate, strengthen, or sever your soul ties. There you go. That's good. You guys did a good job. You deserve to sit down. Well, I learned a lot about this from Pastor Vlad Sovchek and as well as uh, Mark Ballinger. And so you'll see some of their thoughts in this teaching. When I use the term soul tie, I want to be real clear about what I mean here. And the reason I have to say this is that it's a because it's a biblical concept. But some of you know that there are other forms of spirituality that we would not agree with who would also use some of the same terms and some of the same languages that we, you know, same, same things that we use. So, for example, the Bible talks about soul ties. We just read about it. But New Age also talks about soul ties. Well, I want to be clear, we're not New Age here. Um, just like, you know, other forms of spirituality like uh, people in, who are Muslim believe in fasting, and we believe in fasting here, but we're not Muslim. People who are like Buddhists believe in meditation, um, but we're not Buddhists here, even though the Bible teaches, uh, you know, meditating on the Word of God and the things of God. And I have to say that kind of stuff because we come from so many different spiritual backgrounds, don't we? And I just want to be real clear about what we're talking about here that comes from the Scriptures. And so I'm okay with the term soul tie so long as we can define it like this. Look at the definition on screen. A soul tie is a relational attachment to someone else that affects the, look at this language, immaterial parts of your life. A strong spiritual and emotional connection one has with someone after being attached or intimate with them especially including but not limited to sexual intimacy. And the reason I chose some of that language, the immaterial side of a person, is I got that from Dr. Wayne Grudem, a very well-known theologian, and he talks about how the term soul and spirit is used in the Bible. Look at what Grudem says. Soul and spirit are both general terms to describe the immaterial side of people. And it's difficult to see any real distinction between their use in scriptures. There's a continual interaction between our body and our spirit, and they affect each other. He gives the example of a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a downcast spirit dries up the bones. And so there's this interconnectedness between our spirits, our souls, our hearts, whatever you want to call it, and our physical body. They really have a huge impact on each other. Um, so there are some of these soul ties that are good and some that are bad. And I'm going to break down three different types of soul ties today. And so let's start with number one. This is the most obvious one, which is the sexual soul tie. Marriage 
connection and soul tie is good when people come together sexually. Go with me back to the early part of the Bible in Genesis chapter 2, verse 23. It says, then the man said, at last this is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of the man. For this reason, the man will leave his father and mother and be joined to, some translations will say, cleave to his wife. The two shall become one flesh. So there's interconnection between the, the, the bodies of these people tied together in marriage. And so when you look at marriage, is marriage sex something to be celebrated, strengthened, or severed? Well, I would suggest that it's something to be celebrated. In fact, if you look at this study that was done of almost 10,000 people in 11 different countries, the study was done by the Institute for Family Studies, and I'll read to you a portion of it. The report says, there's a strong association between shared regular participation in a religious community and both relational quality and sexual satisfaction in our sample of married and cohabitating heterosexual couples. The study goes on to say, both women and men in highly religious couples reported significantly higher overall relationship quality and satisfaction with their sex life. So in other words, people who are going to church together, uh, married couples who are going to church together are having the best sex of anybody in the world. That's pretty good news, isn't it? I know that that's not true in every single case, but it's not my opinion. The data says it, right? So uh, here's what I want to suggest to you. You know, men just tell your wives, you know, later on today after football, of course, tell them, hey, uh, honey, Pastor Doug says we should celebrate this bond. So uh, you guys just celebrate away. We'll have more child dedications and stuff like that, you know, <laughs> several months later. And so uh, we thank the Lord and we celebrate that here um, in, the, in the church. But, um, but the Bible says that the sex outside of our of marriages is a bad thing, right? It's sinful. And so I want to take you to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 15. Paul says, do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Never. Or do you not know that he who is joined to or cleaves to a prostitute becomes one body with her? For as it is written, the two will become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. You see that um, interplay between uh, physical flesh and spirit, right? Um, so where was I? So if you joined uh, yourself to the Lord, you become one spirit with him. It says flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but sexual immorality or a sexually immoral person rather sins against his own body. Or uh, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who's in you, whom you have from God? You're not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body. And so unhealthy sexual connections drag you around. They drag you down. They're like being tied to a center block here. Um, I want to show you another example of this. In the Old Testament of the Bible, a guy named Shechem. Okay, so somebody say Shechem. Shechem. Okay, don't name your kid that. An awful guy, okay? Uh, in the Bible, you'll see here, see here in just a minute how bad he was. Uh, but anyway, this guy Shechem, he forced himself on a woman named Dinah. So he sinned against her. But when he did this, it created a soul tie that I'm talking about. Let me show you this in Genesis chapter 34, verse 
3, it says, And his soul clave unto Dinah, the daughter of Jacob. And so because of this sexual contact, even though it was wrong and forceful, you know, she didn't do anything to deserve it or whatever, but the sexual contact created this soul tie here. Um, and she didn't deserve it, and she was the victim. And uh, if you've been victimized in that way, I think we're going to give you some relief and some help on that today um, here, in, here in just a little bit. But for now, I want you to hear the rest of the story about this guy, Shechem. He, was, he had a soul tie, which made him infatuated with Dinah. I mean, have you ever seen someone infatuated with another person? Like, it was a stalker. He wanted her so badly to be his wife. So he, uh, you know, asked the relatives of Dinah if he could marry her. Well, can you imagine Dinah's brothers weren't real happy with what Shechem had done to their sister, right? So they said, okay, we'll make an agreement with you. We'll let you marry our sister. We'll let you marry Dinah if, you and all your, your crew, all your friends, all your tribe, if you guys get circumcised, okay? <laughs> if you don't know what circumcision is, I mean, just Google it, ask your parents, whatever, uh, kids. But that's not something you want to do as an adult male. And so can you imagine your friend coming to you and saying, hey, I want to marry this girl and they'll let me marry her if we all get circumcised, okay? Yeah, you're like, would you really do that? I mean, there'd have to be beer involved, okay? Or it's just not gonna happen, right? <laughs> but um, evidently, Shechem was very persuasive. And he convinced all his friends to do this so that he could get Dinah in, in marriage. So they go through the procedure and evidently, they didn't have pain relievers and stuff back in that day. So uh, these guys are just kind of laying around trying to recover from the procedure. And this is very awkward to talk about in public. I'll just tell you that right now from my perspective. So feel some empathy for me today. But the guys are kind of laying around feeling pretty sore. And you know what Dinah's brothers did? They got their swords. And while those guys were down, they killed them all. So when there is an ungodly sexual soul tie, should it be celebrated? Of course not. Should it be strengthened? No. It should be severed. And this particular guy had to have his soul tie severed. He, and that wasn't all he got severed, was it? All right. <laughs> so uh, we sever these types of things. And as you're sitting there now, Here's the part that may be uncomfortable for us. I want you to think about people that you've been physically intimate with outside of a biblical marriage. And I'm not asking you to think about that person or those people in order to rub your nose in it or make you feel any sense of guilt or shame because we're gonna pray through this and we're gonna help you. But how many of you know that if you can't get real, you can't get restored, can you? And so bringing those thoughts or those names or those people to mind is important to sever those past soul ties that you have with that person. Is that person a center block in your life dragging you down? Now let's go to number two. This is the friendship soul ties. You know, in these friendship soul ties, they can be positive or they can be negative, can't they? Remember, we saw 1 Samuel 18. Let's look at it again. It's chapter... Uh, Chapter 18, verse 1 of 1 Samuel. As soon as he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit 
or tied to the soul of David. And, uh, you know, I'd always thought of that relationship as being a very positive relationship. And last week when we were studying the Jezebel spirit, there's a theory out there that Jonathan actually had a Jezebel spirit on his life and betrayed David. And if you want to know more about that, you can go back and listen to the teaching from last Sunday. But whether or not Jonathan had a Jezebel spirit and was a betrayer, ultimately the Bible teaches us that in friendships, there can be a soul tie. Sometimes it's a really good one. Sometimes it's a negative thing. And so don't answer this out loud, but are your close friendships a center block that you're tied to right now? Or is it someone that's lifting you up and helping you? And then here's another one. Here's number three. Um, And this is one I've not thought about. It's the leader and follower soul ties. So anytime you're being led by someone, you create a form of a connection or a tie to that person, whether it's in the marketplace or in the educational realm or, you know, even in church, see? And we see that in 2 Samuel chapter 20, verse 2. He's talking about a group of guys' relationship to David. It says, the men of Judah clave unto their king. That cleave is the same language of when a you know, husband marries a wife and leaves his father and mother and cleaves to his, his wife there. And so you think about uh, the, the ties that you have with either leaders or followers in your life. I've heard all kinds of horror stories from people at our church who have been a part of dysfunctional kinds of churches where the leader was very controlling and got kind of weird, you know? I've also heard horror stories of, you know, from pastors about people that were very manipulative within their churches and sucked the life out of a pastor and uh, this type of thing. And so those of you that are leaders of any sort, maybe you're a tribe leader in the church or maybe you're a manager at work or maybe you're a teacher at school. And, you know, I know some of you teachers are like, yeah, I could cut that kid off right now, right? (laughs) I could cut him off right now. Um, But there are some relationships that you have choice about aren't there? Um, and, and so you have to think about the people that are following you, the, that, that are leading you. Is, is it something to be strengthened or severed or celebrated? Uh, let me show you another example of this in First Chronicles chapter 12. Look at verse 17. David went out to meet them and answered and said unto them, if ye be come peaceably unto me to help me, mine heart shall be what? Knit or tied unto you. And this passage shows us how David as a leader really allowed his heart to be tied to his people. And David in a lot of ways was certainly the kind of leader that we all want to be tied to because he cared about his people. He empowered people. He built people up and he lifted them up. He didn't try and just control, but he tried to empower people. But one of the things that you'll see is that anytime there's a bondage component in a relationship, it might be a relationship that needs to be severed. See, Um, some type of uh, crazy bondage or control or manipulation is when um, we have to sever it. But it can be real tricky to discern, can't it? Sometimes it's not, not always as simple as all that. So I wanted to show you a few bullet points of how you can know if you need to sever a soul tie. Here they are. If you're obsessed with another person and you're unable to move ahead in life, 
I've seen people before, they were so attached and infatuated with someone that they just couldn't move on in new relationships or in life. And if that's the case, you got to sever that thing. Uh, if a leader is unusually controlling, manipulative, and refuses accountability. So any place in the marketplace or in church, if, there's, if, if the leader is not willing to be accountable to someone above him or her, uh, you may need to sever that one. If someone you lead is manipulative and refuses to be accountable, you may have to sever it one of your followers. If you take, an, uh, an, if you take on the addiction or bad attitude to someone else, and then sometimes people will defend the addictions of other people. That's codependency and it's a soul tie that needs to be severed. Um, if you're in a physical or sexual, sexually abusive relationship and then you would defend the abuser, got a soul tie that's got to be cut. If someone curses, cusses, and repeatedly insults you and then you justify their verbal abuse, you got a soul tie that needs to be cut. Um, if you have recurring dreams, thoughts, and fantasies about the other person, you may have a soul tie that needs to be cut. If you keep pictures, gifts, possessions uh, from ex-dating relationships, that could be a soul tie that needs to be cut. Now, as you've seen that, think about it, but consider this. Let's be very careful not to overreact. Because look, everybody that that you and I disagree with, it doesn't mean that they need to be severed with the sword of Dinah's brothers, you know what I mean? Um, so let's, let's be very careful about just severing everyone out of our lives or anyone out of our lives. Remember, our question is celebrate, strengthen, or sever your soul ties. And can I tell you that most of the time, most of the time our relationships need to be strengthened. And you know how you strengthen your relationships? You strengthen your relationships when you can be brutally honest and biblically humble. Can I repeat that? You strengthen your relationship when you have the ability to be brutally honest and biblically humble. Can I teach you a few life scripts on that to be biblically humble? You know, there are times where you just have to say, I'm so sorry I made you feel that way. Would you please forgive me? My intent was not to make you feel that way. Would you please forgive me? Or how about this one? I was wrong. Will you please forgive me? That's how you humbly deal. You know, there aren't very many weapons that can come against submission and humility in relationship, mutual submission. Um, um, another thing that we do is we put boundaries in place. So we're able to be brutally honest, biblically humble, but we also bring boundaries, see? Boundaries are important in a relationship. What's the difference between severing a soul tie and putting a boundary in place? Because those two things can seem very similar. Well, let me break it down for you. You are creating a boundary when you keep the relationship, but then you place guardrails in place or guidelines for the relationship. Let me give you some examples of boundaries in a relationship. Let's say, for example, you're going to go to work for someone and you let your manager know, I want to help you. I want to submit to you, but do not ask me to do anything unbiblical, immoral, illegal, or sinful. See, that's what you got. You got a boundary there. Uh, here's another boundary for some of you. You're in a relationship with someone and you tell that someone, don't 
physically harm or touch me in ways that make me feel uncomfortable. That's an appropriate boundary. You know what that does? It strengthens the relationship because there's mutual understanding there. Um, now, here's another boundary because I think some of you need this. In this relationship, do not demean me, curse me, or denigrate me with, with a bunch of cuss words. That's a boundary you put in place. And you, you make it clear you're going to keep that relationship, but we got we to gotta live by these boundaries and these guardrails. Now, severing a soul tie is different from boundary. Severing a soul tie is when you cut off the relationship, you end it, and you cut off all attachments of the previous relationship. I need to tell you an example from my own life. It's a little bit embarrassing to talk about, but um, over 20 years ago, I had a relationship with a woman. And um, in order to, after that relationship was over, I was trying to like strengthen the soul tie with my wife, Jeannie. And so the, the other woman and I had gone shopping together at one time and she picked out the shirt and I bought the shirt and I had the shirt and every time I would wear the shirt it kind of made me think about that other woman but I didn't want to think about the other woman she had to be severed out of my life you see and so the shirt that she picked out when we would been shopping I got rid of the shirt because it reminded me of her you see what I'm getting at here this is how you sever all memories and and everything of this individual um, that helps you to bond with and strengthen you, you know, your marriage or the other relationship that you need to have. And so um, what's the primary reason that we want to free ourselves from these center blocks or these relationships that are dragging us down? Well, the primary reason is so that we can completely tie ourselves to Jesus. That's the most important part. Jesus wants 100% of our souls. Go with me back to the New Testament. We're gonna look at Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. 37. We read it earlier. It says, love God with how much? All of your heart and soul. All, I would suggest, is 100%, isn't it? It's not 50%. It's not even 90%. Um, he wants all of our hearts and souls. But here's what the enemy wants to do. We see it in Psalm chapter 7, verse 2. The enemy, the demonic spirits, are coming to do this. Look at Psalm 7, 2. It says, lest he tear my soul. It says he tears your soul. It says he leads me in paths of, uh, uh, it says he tears my soul, rending it in what? Pieces. While there is none to deliver. See? So the enemy is trying to get your soul in pieces fragmented out there. What does the Lord want to do? He wants to restore your soul. It's Psalm uh, 23, 3. He restores my soul. He leads me in path of righteousness for his name's sake. And so if our souls couldn't be fragmented, then why would the Lord say that he wants to restore our souls? And some of us have been pretty fragmented out there, hadn't we, by the center block relationships in our lives. And today we're going to do something about that. Um, and so how do you allow the Lord to restore, um, restore these unhealthy soul ties? Well, look at these bullet points on screen. First off, you confess your own sin. Then you forgive the other person without justifying their sinful behavior. 
you know, but we still forgive them so we can set ourselves free. You cut off all instruments of connection, including contracts, vows, or oaths, whether written or verbal. What I mean by that is that if you got a, a car title with both names on it, you need to get that title in your name or their name, but not both. You got a house title or, you know, deed to a house in both names, you need to either get your name on it or their name on it, but don't keep those things together because you're severing all connection there. Um, here's the next one. Renounce all spiritual contracts. And the reason I have to bring up that spiritual contracts part is that there are more and more people in our culture who have been involved in witchcraft or the occult. And oftentimes they have to sign agreements, sometimes even in their own blood. If you've been involved in any type of cult like LDS, you know, uh, Mormons or Jehovah's Witnesses, oftentimes there are written agreements. And I've had Mormon friends that have come to the real Jesus, come to faith in him. They call up Mormon headquarters and they have their names removed from any documents there um, so much as they can. Um, here's the next one. Establish new healthy relationships to replace the unhealthy relationships. And that one's important because of the next one. Don't overreact and isolate yourself out of fear of being hurt again. I know it hurts so bad. The connection to a center block hurts you so bad. But man, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. God has other relationships to replace those previous ones, right? Um, but here's the next thing. Discard all connecting objects between you and the other person. So if you've got digital photographs, physical photographs, or pictures, delete them. Get rid of them. Delete their phone number, email, social media accounts, on and on. Shirts, clothes, any of that kind of stuff. I understand that some of you have been through a divorce or whatever. You have to have their phone number or whatever, you know, if the kid's involved and you have to talk. I understand that. But as much as is possible, you've got to delete all those endearing attachments that remind you of and connect you to and tie you to that person. And then you declare an unfailing love and bond between you and Jesus Christ. And that's the most important part. And remember earlier, we had to think about some things that were un uncomfortable for us. Well, here's where we pray and we get some relief from the Lord. And we're gonna put a, a prayer on screen. And what this prayer is, it's a prayer for severing unhealthy soul ties. And you'll notice on the prayer, there's a blank up there. Because I don't want you to, we're gonna say this out loud, but I don't want, the blank is for the name of the person or people that you're severing yourself from. You're, you're, you're cutting the soul ties from. But I don't want you to say their name out loud because I know you wouldn't anyway. And they might be sitting two rows behind you. So I want you to be careful there, right? <laughs> so here we go in this first prayer. You guys ready to say this out loud? And look, can I tell you, some of you, this can be so freeing for you. I've watched people as I look out, I've watched people just in tears because God's freeing them and taking them to a new place. So um, let's do this first prayer together out loud. You ready? Here we go. I sever every unhealthy soul tie with. God, I sever all unhealthy control that has over me. I sever all unhealthy control I have over I confess all the ways I've been sinful in the relationship. God, please forgive me for the ways I gave control to the enemy. Please forgive me and cleanse me. 
I tie my soul completely to Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, please restore every fragment of my soul. Please restore everything the enemy stole from me. Holy Spirit, I welcome your peace in my soul now. Can we just be still and quiet for a minute and allow Holy Spirit to restore us right now? Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. And as you're receiving the ministry of the Holy Spirit right now, know that all soul ties aren't bad. And I want you to think just for a minute about the good relationships and ties that you have in your life. Like your godly wife or husband. You know, like your kids, like your Christ-following friends that want to build you up and lift you up. Those are good soul ties to be strengthened and celebrated. So that's where this next prayer comes in. And this is where we replace that which was fragmented. And this, this is the celebrate and strengthen healthy soul ties. And so let's say this one out loud. And the people that you're celebrating and strengthening with, you just think their names when you get to that point, when you get to the blank. Ready? Here we go. God, I thank you for the healthy soul ties with. I celebrate the special tie between me and. Father, strengthen the healthy soul ties I have with. Holy Spirit, use me to empower. Holy Spirit, use me as a source of freedom and healing for. Jesus, I stand with you against the enemy for. Use me to help restore everything the enemy has stolen from. Holy Spirit, show me how to pray for right now. So just sit still and reflect for a minute about how Holy Spirit's leading you to pray for your good soul ties. Holy Spirit's leading some to pray for your kids that you have a healthy soul tie with. Others are praying for their godly wives. God, thank you for her. Others are praying for those godly husbands. Lord, strengthen him. As we're here before the Lord, could it be that God brought someone here today to tie themselves to Jesus, have a relationship with God through Jesus that you've never had? And if that describes you, today's your day. I want you to talk to God. Maybe you've, you're talking to God for the very first time in your life. 
And just in your own heart, if you mean these words, say something like this, God, I know I've sinned. I confess it. And right now, the best I understand it, I choose to believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross as my substitute in my place for my sin. I choose to believe that he died on the cross and rose again from the dead to give me new life. Jesus, I tie myself to you. Welcome into my life. Father, thank you for the good work that you're doing in our hearts today, that you're freeing people up from spiritual center blocks and you're restoring fragmented souls. We thank you for your goodness to us and we pray all these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Everyone said, amen. Anyone want to thank the Lord for the, his goodness to us today? Thank you, Lord. Bless you, Jesus. Thank you for your goodness. And so, as we wrap up today, let me just make you aware of a couple of things and that our prayer leaders will be down here to pray with you after the service if you would need some care and some help. They're super awesome folks. And also, I want to remind you about next Sunday, we're going to continue in the Spiritual Warfare series when we talk about seeing the invisible, um, the invisible things of this world. And the last thing I want to remind you about is what Allie mentioned earlier on the video is about our financial generosity and stewardship. If you're not a Christian, don't buy into all these kind of things or a guest or something like that. Uh, certainly the financial part um, may not be for you. Um, but those of us that are regulars, we're unapologetic in the way that we say we want to honor God with our resources. And uh, we bring what's called a first fruit, which means like a first priority tithe and above right here at the church to invest in people, you know, that need to be served here in the city and in other parts of the world. Since we don't pass buckets or plates, we have four different ways that we take up our offerings that you can see on the screen. So whether it's digital on our website or at the giving stations at the exit, man, may the Lord bless you and your resources. So let's stand together before you guys worship through your tithes and offerings. And if you're comfortable to join hands or put an arm around someone next to you and see someone next to you by themselves, by all means, include them in and bring them in if you can reach them. If you can't reach them, you know, just stretch really far and uh, all that. I, I just helped someone's dating life too, didn't I, right? So um, look, dear, uh, but don't get a soul tie, you'll have to sever, okay? But anyway, uh, dear brothers and sisters, um, as you walk from here, may you walk free, having severed those unhealthy connections. And may you go from here strengthening and celebrating those good soul ties that are lifting you up. Run from here free, praising his name because he is the ultimate source of freedom. You guys have an amazing Sunday and pray for God's Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> we're glad you were a part of the tribe today. To further connect with us, Check the City Tribe YouTube channel, iTunes, SoundCloud, Instagram, Facebook, or our website, citytribe.church. May you go from this podcast knowing that you are loved.